0: Larry 21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Big D Breakdown. I'm your host, Larry Lees. Today, we're diving into the latest news from week eight. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Time. If you're looking for the best place to grab your Dallas Cowboys tickets or tickets to any kind of event, whether it's concerts, comedy shows, football games, hockey, college, pro, you you want to go check out Game Time. You can use the link in the description to help support the show. And now on to our first topic, our Week 8, Studs and Duds. The Dallas Cowboys offense was stagnant in Week 7. that wasn't the case against the Chicago Bears in a week eight. They came out firing and scored touchdowns on their first four drives of the game to take a commanding lead. Chicago fought back into the game, the Cowboys continued to pound the ball on the ground as their defense kept attacking Justin Fields. The result was a lopsided win that improved them to 6-2 on the season. So without further ado, let's dive into our first stud, C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb continues to step up as the number one receiver for Dallas. This week, he hauled in the first receiving touchdown of the game, putting the Cowboys up 14-0 when he caught a 21-yard touchdown pass from Dak Prescott, which came on a third and nine. A couple of drives later, he again had a big catch on third down, going for 15 yards on a third and eight. That moved the chains and led to a 28-7 lead as Jake Ferguson caught it from one yard out. In all, He had 77 yards and a score, and it could have been more had Dallas not resorted to running to kill the clock in the fourth. In dud, Dante Fowler Jr. With a 28-7 lead, Dallas appeared to have forced a three-and-out after Fields threw an incompletion towards Dante Pettis on third and four. However, the Bears were bailed out by Dante Fowler Jr., who was lined up offside. That flag gave Chicago a fresh set of downs, and they wound up cutting the lead to 14. In this game, it wound up not mattering much, but against a better team and in a closer game, it could have been a huge mistake. Flags have been a problem for Dallas, but they've been cleaning them up. This was just a reminder that they still need to maintain discipline and pay attention to the smallest of details, or even big ones like where the line of scrimmage is. Yes, he did have some impressive defensive plays, but this isn't the first problematic flag against Fowler this season. Next up, our stud, Dak Prescott. In his first game back from thumb surgery, Dak Prescott took some time to get rolling against the Lions. In week 8, he looked like himself once again. Prescott led Dallas to a touchdown in each of their first four drives and was responsible for three of those. First was a 7-yard touchdown run, and he then threw touchdown passes to CeeDee Lamb and Jake Ferguson as well. He did have an interception to end the first half, which allowed the Bears to get back into it, but continued to play well in the second half following the gaff. Prescott kept his composure after that and had 250 yards passing and 34 rushing with 3 t- total touchdowns in the wind. And our dud Chauncey Golston. Not long after the Fowler penalty, the Cowboys were able to pick the ball off as Trayvon Diggs took it away and ran it back close to midfield. Unfortunately, this one didn't count either, due to a penalty. The throw from Fields was off target as he was taking a hit from Chauncey Golston, but on the play, Golston hit Fields in the head. It was an egregious penalty, but defensive ends know they have to stay away from the face of the signal caller at all costs. Naturally, the Bears scored a touchdown on the very next play, with Nikhil Harry scoring from 17 yards. Next up, our stud, Micah Parsons. One of the favorites in the NFL this season for Defensive Player of the Year has to be Micah Parsons. The second-year linebacker entered Week 8, second in the league in sacks with 8, and he continues to affect every snap that he's on the field for. Even when he doesn't make the play, offenses have to try and account for him, which frees things up for his teammates. He also plays with a nonstop motor that can be contagious. Last week, or last yeah, last week, he saved a touchdown when he t- chased down T.J. Hawkinson against Detroit. And this week, he scored a touchdown of his own due to his hustle. Parsons had attacked the quarterback and, when field threw the ball, he turned and chased after him. Leighton Vander Esch then forced David Montgomery to fumble and Parsons was able to chase the ball down for the recovery. Even better, he was aware that Fields leaped over him, so he just never touched down. That allowed him to get up and run it back 36 yards for a touchdown. The Cowboys took a 42-23 lead. And Dud Connor McGovern. The first drive nearly ended thanks to a mistake by the offensive line, which has been a common occurrence lately. Connor McGovern couldn't sustain a block on Nicholas Morrow as Tony Pollard ran it on second and one. Instead of conversion, Dallas lost five yards on the line back, as a linebacker had a free path to the runner. They still managed to score, but the penalties by offensive linemen during opening drives is beyond concerning. This is an area that really needs to be cleaned up. Next up, our stud, Tony Pollard. Tony Polland, had started the game in place of Ezekiel Elliott, he had quite the opening drive. He got the ball four times on the ground for 26 yards, including a 17-yarder that put them deep into the Chicago territory. He then went 16 yards on the next play, which was a short pass from Prescott. He totaled 42 yards on their opening 75-yard drive, and that led to the defense crashing in on him when Dallas called a read option on the third and two near the goal line. That led to Prescott walking in completely untouched for a 7 yard touchdown. Pollard continued to go off from there finishing with 131 yards on 14 carries with 3 touchdowns. He never fails to shine whenever given a shot and this was easily the best game of his career. And finally our dud to Marcus Lawrence. Facing a 3rd and 4 the Dallas 32, Fields dropped back to pass with two players blocking Parsons Lawrence had a one-on-one and got a free shot on Fields. However, Lawrence crashed inside rather than containing the outside, which is never a great plan when attacking a quarterback as mobile as Fields. As expected, Fields took off around Lawrence and was free to run for a first down and more. He ended up with 14 yards, moving the Bears to the 18-yard line. Instead of forcing a field goal attempt, the miss allowed Chicago to continue the drive into the second quarter and ended with a touchdown from Fields. Lawrence did have a huge hit to end a two-point conversion in the third, but then whiffed on Fields again in the fourth. This time it was a third and eight from the Dallas 28, and Lawrence again went inside and allowed Fields to move it to the 12-yard line, setting them up with another set of downs, and they scored once again. Overall, Lawrence played well and had a sack, but he missed a chance to end scoring drives twice. And now on to our next topic, six major takeaways from a Week 8 win. The Cowboys are now 6-2, and two going into the bye week, and they had a lot to like on Sunday. After going into halftime with a 28-17 lead, the offense didn't let up and took care of business against the Chicago Bears, 49-29. It may be a bit of a surprise to see that the defense allow as many points as they did, but it's certainly a relief to see the offense perform as well as they did. This 49-point effort is the most points they've scored since Week 18 against the Eagles last season. Both teams combined for over 800 yards of total offense on the day, even though most expected this game to be a fairly low-scoring game, given how these offenses have performed at this point. Those are some quick takeaways. These are six other things we learned from the Cowboys' win over the Bears in Week 8. Number one, penalties, penalties, and more penalties. This just seems to be an ongoing theme with this team, but penalties continue to be a huge issue, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Even just through the first half, the Cowboys had four penalties. Off-size penalties, roughing the passer penalties, no matter what it is, they keep making undisciplined actions, which keep leading to extended drives for opponents. For the defense, their worst enemy is themselves, as they keep allowing teams to get back into the games with unnecessary flags. The penalties were mostly cleaned up in the second half, but they really can't expose this team when they start getting out of control. It wasn't necessarily the number of penalties that was an issue on Sunday, rather than the context of those penalties. The team amassed six penalties for 41 yards against the Bears. It wasn't the worst showing, but they still need to be cleaned up as those allowed the Bears to extend drives, leading to points in a much closer game than it should have been. Number two, Dak Prescott-led offense proves that Cooper Rush held the offense back. When Cooper Rush was the quarterback for the Cowboys, he kept the team alive. The Cowboys made it out of the stretch with a 4-1 record under Rush. And Some people felt the need to stir up a controversy surrounding the quarterback one position. Over his five starts, Rush led the offense to just 21 points per game, which is not bad but also not good for how much firepower this offense has in terms of its skill positions There's no reason the team shouldn't be averaging at least 25 points per game. The truth of the matter is that Rush is no Prescott. He did a great job of keeping the team afloat. But it was proven today that the team will only thrive with number four under center. He made throws that Rush simply doesn't have the arm talent to make. This game helped people remember what it was like for Prescott to be the head man of the offense. They look like a completely different unit. More confident and more opportunities are opened up for the team. This is a Super Bowl contender under Prescott. Number three, Tony Pollard could it should be the lead back. Coming into this game, I was personally interested to see how Pollard would handle the true RB1 role against the Bears. As I expected, he did a phenomenal job and was a key factor in the offense success on Sunday. While he didn't even hit the 15 carry mark, he didn't need to. Pollard exploded for several long runs and didn't need to be fed the ball 5-7 to seven times every drive to get the down the field. Number 20 racked up 131 rushing yards on just 14 carries and 3 touchdowns. If that isn't the most college running back stat line, Pollard absolutely dominated on the ground and even chipped in the passing game, making a grab for 16 yards. The former fourth-round pick somehow averaged even more yards per attempt on an increased workload of the league in years. Y- or, excuse me, yards per carry for Week Eight. The offense looked electric and more versatile with him taking most of the touches, and this can continue when Zeke is healthy. Number four, Prescott. Prescott tore it up in the air, but he can return, or he can run too. After his gruesome injury back in 2020, Prescott has shied away from tucking the ball and going. Prior to his injury, it was a fairly prominent part of his game, but understandably, he has become weary of what the consequences can be. On Sunday, he not only looked sharp on throwing the ball, but he also made an effort in the run game as well. A 25-yard scramble was the longest run for him on the day, but he was also able to take it himself on a read option for the team's first score of the game. The Bears expected to see a lot of Pollard on Sunday, but they definitely didn't expect to see number four make this big of an impact on the ground. Former Offensive Rookie of the Year carried the ball three times for 36 yards in the touchdown and was responsible for nine of Dallas's 11 third-down conversions. Number five, the tight end group is among the league's best. Or I should say deepest. I don't know if you can say best. One of the biggest talking points surrounding the Cowboys throughout not only last offseason but even up to this point was what to do with Dalton Schultz. The fan base seemed pretty split, some thinking he should get extended, others thinking they should let him walk. Schultz has struggled to stay on the field due to injury this year so far, which has opened the door for rookies Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot to audition for possibly a bigger role as early as next season. They both have Uh, Both Ferguson and Hendershot have shown flashes. Ferguson snuck in for a touchdown on Sunday, and Hendershot keeps finding ways to get open, becoming an athletic target at the tight end spot. Schultz had a great game as well on Sunday, totaling over 70 yards, while in the long term, this may not look good for Schultz's future on the Cowboys. It's certainly reassuring, knowing that the position should be a good hand, regardless of where Schultz ends up next season. Number 6 the defense can still not contain the run. In a defense that has been one of the best in the league, they are still not quite perfect. Against one of the premier rushing attacks in the league, the defense struggled to contain the run yet again. Going into the week, the defense had allowed 4.4 yards per carry. After Sunday, that number grows after surrendering 240 yards on the ground on 43 attempts, allowing 5.6 yards per attempt, and two touchdowns. The three-headed ground unit of quarterback Justin Fields and running backs Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery had their way with the Cowboys defense. The Bears' run game is something they lean on heavily, and they were able to succeed in that aspect on Sunday, opening things up in a passing game as well. We saw in a more extreme manner how bad this defense can be. Stopping the run is a huge issue, and if the offense can't get going, they get down early and the team could be in big trouble. Due to not being able to contain the run. The team did add Jonathan Hinkins in a trade, but he wasn't a major difference maker against the Bears. And speaking of trades, we move on to our next topic, which is the Cowboys did nothing at the trade deadline. The NFL trade deadline has come and gone, and the Dallas Cowboys, surprisingly or unsurprisingly, depending on your fandom, did not make any moves on Tuesday before the deadline. (laughs) To be fair, to the front office, they did make a trade last week. The team traded with the Vegas Raiders to get defensive tackle Jonathan Hinkins to help boost the run defense. Dallas sent a 2023 six-round pick in exchange for the massive tackle and a 2024 seventh-round pick. However, many were hoping that the Joneses would make a move for a wide receiver on Tuesday to help the offense and truly amp up this roster heading into the latter half of the season. The Cowboys currently are in contention for a top seed in the NFC, but have two major competitors within their own division, the Eagles and Giants. The Eagles, who have a relentless front office this year, already boosted their already impressive roster by adding Robert Quinn last week. If the Cowboys don't win the NFC East, they will have to play on the road in the first round of the playoffs. You'd think that fear would push the Jones to work the phones a little harder, but that wasn't the case. He made no moves to help his team's chances of capturing its first Super Bowl in 26 years. With his team at 6-2 and, and the opportunity to help his team truly make a run for the Lombardi Trophy, Jones and his staff came up blank. We obviously don't get to be in the room of where it happens so we can't say how much or how little Jerry negotiated. What we do know is that he seemed to mislead fans a bit in his interview on Tuesday. Jones spoke to 105.3 about having things brewing, essentially implying there could be a move incoming. He could have been totally lying in those plans, or those plans could have fallen through. Sadly, we'll never know. He also made this incredibly confusing metaphor about a train to show what he was willing to do to push his train to the stop it needed to get to, saying, quote, I'm standing by the track, and when the train comes by, I'm ready to hit that caboose and not let it get by me. If you're not, you will miss the whole show. I can grab the caboose on this train today in the next few hours. The team was associated with people like Chase Claypool, DJ Moore, and even Brandon Cooks. According to Ed Werder, there were talks between the Texans and Cowboys, but the two sides couldn't agree on compensation and draft picks. Well, I guess the train got stuck on the tracks, and Jones never got near the caboose. No new members of the Cowboys today. Let us know your thoughts in the comments section below. Should the Cowboys have traded for anybody? Or should we just take what we got and cross our fingers and hope we can... Succeed in the playoffs, or even reach the playoffs for that matter. But now on to our next topic. Five trade deadline regrets the Dallas Cowboys should have. Number five, DJ Moore, from the Carolina Panthers. And number four, a quarterback friendly homecoming, Cedric Wilson for the Miami Dolphins. And number three, Elijah Moore, wide receiver from the New York Jets. And number two, obviously, Brandon Cooks from the Houston Texans. And number one, in a move that's still possible to happen, Odell Beckham Jr. You could offer him, for say, a one year $6.5 million, full, fully guaranteed. Let him get healthy, let him get into shape sign him for the stretch run down the final few games of the regular season and into the playoffs he's been a to the cowboys more than a few times and this move makes sense but for now i we'll want to sit back and wait and see what happens do you think the cowboys will sign odell beckham jr let us know in the comment section below and as always find us on facebook and twitter just search a big d breakdown and always, if you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TheBigD. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, pay for our hosting fees, and other associated costs of hosting this show. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. Welcome to The Big D Breakdown, your home for all things Dallas Cowboys news. This has been The Big D Breakdown with your host, Larry Leaves. Thank you for listening and watching. Follow us on social media at Big D Breakdown on Twitter, Facebook, New Big D Breakdown, and on Instagram. Just search Big D Breakdown. Thank you for joining us. See you next time.